Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today's episode will look into what is exactly happening in Cambodia, a small country located in Southeast Asia. Its leader, Hun Sen, is grooming his son for the top job after 38 years in power. To better understand the country's current situation today and in which conditions Hun Sen's son will inherit, we need to travel through its past and go over its tumultuous 20th century history. We will explain who is Hun Sen, how he consolidated power, his foreign policy and the wider geopolitics of the region, and talk about his son, Hun Manet. So let's cut to the chase. One of the most popular tourist locations in Cambodia is the Angkor Wat, a complex of ancient palaces and shrines in the northern part of the country. This spectacular and rich cultural heritage was once the capital of a massive empire that ruled most of mainland Southeast Asia, stretching from southern Thailand all the way to southern China. The Khmer Empire reached its peak in the 11th and 13th centuries, and researchers believe they invented the world's first healthcare system, which included 102 hospitals. But like many other empires in history, the Khmer Empire suffered a long, arduous and steady decline and disappeared in the mid-15th century. One of the reasons for its decline was internal power struggles among its princes. Today, Cambodia's Prime Minister Hun Sen wants to avoid the same mistake. In power since 1985, he acts as if he is just another king from the Khmer Empire. But let's try to understand how he got to the top position and go over the country's history. Cambodia came under French colonial rule in the middle of the 19th century and decreased the power of its local kings to near zero. In 1941, after the death of Cambodia's king, France placed an obscure Prince Sihaunuk on the throne. The prince was an inexperienced 18-year-old who turned out to exceed any French expectations. In 1945, during the Japanese occupation of Cambodia, King Sihanouk proclaimed independence for the country. The French were able to reimpose colonial rule, but the damage had been done. In 1953, France was forced to grant the country independence and transfer power to Sihanouk, but challenges quickly emerged. It was hard for the king to maintain his foreign policy objective of neutrality during the war in Vietnam, as it was directly on its border. The king actually harbored North Vietnamese communist sanctuaries during the war, which were later bombed by the Americans. Throughout the 1960s and the war in its neighbor country, opposition to Sihanouk's government grew within the middle class and leftists. This led to an insurgency under the Communist Party of Kampuchea, also called the CPK, led by Pol Pot. Sihanouk labeled these insurgents as the Khmer Rouge, 
which means the Red Khmer. As the insurgency worsened in the late 60s, Sihanouk's ruling style and tilt away from the US angered his own government and the army. In 1970, while Sihanouk was visiting Mao Zedong in Beijing, a military coup led by Prime Minister General Lon Nol took power. But this was his own government and the army that took power, not the CPK and the Khmer Rouge. The new government abolished the monarchy and the country was renamed the Khmer Republic. Lon Nol demanded North Vietnamese to leave Cambodia, but they promptly attacked his new government. A large-scale civil war erupted as the Khmer Rouge, allied with the North Vietnamese, won territories also with the support of China and Sihanouk. The new government struggled to contain the growing insurgency, even with some support from the Americans. The civil war ended with the fall of Phnom Penh, the capital of the country, in 1975 into the hands of the Khmer Rouge. The new government renamed the country Democratic Kampuchea, which was effectively a one-party state governed by a single man, Pol Pot. We could do an entire episode on this terrible figure, but to summarize, Pol Pot wanted to create an agrarian society and sent the entire urban population into the countryside to work as farmers in collective farms. He abolished money and forced all citizens to wear the same black clothing to create an egalitarian society and also led mass killings against government opponents. But in general, he is famously remembered in the history books because his policies are blamed for causing incredible malnutrition and poor medical care, which is now commonly referred to as the Cambodian Genocide. Between 1.5 million to 2 million people, or around a quarter of the entire population of the country, was killed in this brutal period. As expected, his policies led to widespread discontent. Rebellions started to emerge, and the newly unified Vietnam invaded Cambodia in 1978, toppling Pol Pot and installing a rival government, which then led to modern-day Cambodia. The Khmer Rouge, however, remained active until the late 90s in the countryside. It's exactly in these crazy years that current Prime Minister Hun Sen started to enter the scene. Hun Sen was originally a Khmer Rouge soldier who fought during the fall of Phnom Penh, where he was injured and sustained a permanent eye injury. Under Pol Pot, Hun Sen served as a battalion commander, commanding 2,000 soldiers. His involvement in the Cambodian genocide is unclear, although many have suggested he did indeed have a role in a massacre in 1975. What is certain, however, is that in 1977 he defected and fled to Vietnam. After the 1978 invasion from Vietnam, he became foreign minister of the new government, 
which then led to his appointment as Prime Minister in 1985. He became leader of Cambodia's People's Party, also called the CPP, not to be confused with a Chinese Communist Party called the CCP. In the 1993 elections, the opposition party, Fun Chin Pek, won the majority, while Hun Sen came in second place, resulting in a hung parliament. The leaders of the two parties decided to rule together as two prime ministers. However, in 1997, Hun Sen launched a coup and replaced the opposition leader with a friendlier one while killing dozens of opposition party officials. His power consolidation started from this year. Election after election, Hun Sen consolidated power and the country came under his rule. Tensions with Thailand increased after the Phnom Penh riots of 2003, in which the Thai embassy was attacked. From 2008 and 2013, Cambodia and Thailand saw a significant border dispute which resulted in occasional border battles between the two armies. Hun Sen has always wanted full control and doesn't like to share power. During the 2013 elections, his party refused to form a government with the opposition party, as both had claimed victory. This led to violent protests. But Hun Sen emerged stronger than ever, and from 2015 onwards, Hun Sen consolidated total control over the country. Opposition parties were dissolved, its leaders were either arrested or fled the country, while the media came under his control. During the 2018 elections, Hun Sen won a sixth term in a completely unopposed election, described by many as a sham election. His party unsurprisingly won every single seat in the country's National Assembly. Let's now explore his ideology and personality. Hun Sen lacks a core political ideology, although he has always been a prominent communist and Marxist-Leninist with a strong Khmer nationalist identity. He is a keen supporter of state capitalism and is a very conservative individual. Just as an example, he disowned his adopted daughter because she was a lesbian. Hun Sen is also very outspoken and superstitious. He changed his birth date twice, the last time in May 2022, because he believes the death of his brother that month was due to the incorrect birth date he had. He has developed a deep personality cult, which is rooted in the idea that he alone saved Cambodia from the Khmer Rouge. It is hard to quantify how popular he is, but his support base comes from most of the rural population in the countryside that work on farms. He is less popular in urban centers, such as the capital city. Let's now move towards his foreign policy and the wider geopolitics of the region. Hun Sen's foreign policy is one-sided to say the least. He has developed and cultivated strong ties with China. I would even go as far as to say that Cambodia is now a Chinese client state. 
China has had huge economic, military, and political influence on Cambodia. China has been building infrastructure like crazy in the country. Hun Sen visited China in February 2023 to discuss further infrastructure deals and to reiterate the two countries' ironclad friendship. Sihanoukville, a city on Cambodia's coast, has transformed with new casinos and hotels built with Chinese investments. Nikkei Asia reported that Chinese can now be heard all over this southern city and streets are full of signs written in Chinese characters. Cambodia's Dara Sakor International Airport was developed by a Chinese company with Chinese funds. What has generated lots of controversy in recent years was the Riam Naval Base. China supposedly has a secret agreement which allows the Chinese People's Liberation Army Navy exclusive access to around one-third of the Riam Naval Base for 30 years, effectively giving China a new southern flank on the southern China Sea. In 2021, Cambodian Defense Minister admitted that China was helping build infrastructure at Riam Naval Base. Chinese investments in Cambodia are booming, with a 4 billion high-speed rail plan, a $16 billion real estate development project at Riam, and a $1.5 billion investment for a new airport for Phnom Penh, among many other projects. However, Cambodia is also wary of big multi-billion dollar infrastructure projects, as Laos's spending spree led to a default an economic disaster, not too far off what happened in Sri Lanka last year. While being a strong ally of China, Cambodia is also hedging its bets and in recent months is moving towards a new, independent and neutral foreign policy stance. Since 2022, Cambodia has in fact been strengthening its ties with Japan and the US. It also voted against Russia in condemning its Ukrainian invasion and annexation last year. It might just be that Cambodia is adjusting its strategic positioning in the region and the world and wants to ensure a smooth political succession process and a stable domestic environment. Even with all the downsides to Hun Sen's rule, he will definitely be remembered for decades of strong economic growth. From 1998 to 2019, Cambodia's economy grew by an annual average rate of almost 8%. He has lifted millions from poverty, which fell from 36% to 18% between 2010 and 2020. However, Growth has also accentuated other problems, such as environmental destruction, corruption, and crime, with large inequality in the country. While effectively being Prime Minister for the past 38 years, Hun Sen doesn't want to reign his entire life. In 2013, he declared his intention to rule Cambodia until the age of 74, he is now turning 71 next month. 
2028 is the perfect year then, as it seems like Hun Sen is hoping that his son, Hun Manet, can win the 2028 elections and take his place. As I had initially said, Hun Manet is being practically chosen as Hun Sen's successor. For the past few years, Hun Sen has been grooming his son and preparing him for the top job. In 2018, Hun Manet was appointed into higher military positions, effectively giving him a very high seniority. In 2021, Hun Manet was elected by the CPP as the party's future candidate for prime minister, essentially making him a sort of king-in-waiting. So, who exactly is this figure that will take over his father's job? Interestingly, he is a graduate of America's West Point Military Academy with a master's degree from New York University and a doctorate in economics from the University of Bristol. He seems to be very popular among the youth of the country, described as well-mannered and approachable. He holds a very strong PR image from his supporters, but it seems as if he is often overshadowed from his iron fist father. While it is unlikely Hun Manet will bring the country towards a democracy, I wonder how his relations with China and the US will be. His entire educational upbringing was in the West. Will he shift the country towards a more balanced approach? Will he manage to follow in the footsteps of his father's legacy and strengthen power? These are all great questions we should keep our eyes out in the next few years. Hun Sen's transfer of power will mark a major turning point in the history of Cambodia. He is working hard to carefully plan every detail, ensuring the major players in the party, state and army are on board for the final transfer of power. Let's wait and see if Hun Sen can turn a leadership into a dynasty. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.